0: Hey everyone, it's Sherry Stahl, host of the Soul H2O radio and podcast show. I'm so excited that you've tuned in today. During the Christmas season, we're running the Brave Christmas and Christian Women series. Episode 49 is part two, The Brave Teen Mom and Brave Single Moms. In this series, we're celebrating the women of the Christmas story and a few of their contemporary counterparts like Peggy Sue Wells. She's an author and speaker who hosts an online ministry for single moms at singlemomcircle.com. The three shows in this series are snippets from messages I love to share at Christmas events. There's just so much to the lives of these women that I can't get away from their stories and how they participate in the life of Christ. As you look at their lives, I believe you'll see the hope of Christmas, your hope in Christ as you learn from these women and begin to model the character they lived as each one of these women were brave carriers of the promise and the presence of God. Downloadable Soul H2O journal pages help you dive deep into the teaching segment and quench your spiritual thirst. They can be found on today's show notes at soulh2o.com slash 49, along with information about our guest. So let's dive in to today's Soul H2O devotion and get refreshed. For most of my life, I've been a skinny kind of scrawny type of person. My ankles and wrists are not much bigger than a small child's, but that all changed when I was pregnant. There was a picture taken the night I went into labor with my son Brandon. It was the early 90s, so I'm not sure if my hair or pregnancy belly was larger. Honestly, I don't think there was anything left small on me at that point. My feet were swelled. My lips felt blown up. My face was puffy. Nothing was comfortable anymore. Sleep seemed unattainable. Trying to find a comfortable position with a yoga ball attached to my tummy was impossible. How I gained over 50 pounds for a baby that was just 9 pounds 9 ounces doesn't make sense. If it weren't for all those bacon cheese hot dog cravings I satisfied... I can attest to the fact that carrying a baby was inconvenient, uncomfortable, stretching, tiring, and yet one of the most wonderful times of my life. I imagine it was similar, but a whole lot more inconvenient for Mary. Teen pregnancies aren't often easy. There's a certain stigma teenage girls face when they announce they're pregnant. I doubt Mary had it in her day planner to get pregnant, especially by someone other than her fiance. How do you explain it to your family and friends that you're not pregnant because you've done something you shouldn't have? It was because you allowed the God who created the universe to use your womb. Nothing about Mary's pregnancy was convenient, comfortable, or easy. Yet this teenager accepted God's plan for her life with the words, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. She was excited. No, but God, you don't know how hard that would be. Don't you know what that would cost me? Don't you know what people will say? Don't you know what Joseph will say? He may leave. Mary was carrying the promise and the very presence of God, Emmanuel, God with us inside her womb, and it cost her. To make life even more difficult, sometime after Jesus was about 12 years old, Joseph passed away, and Mary became a single mother of at least five children. Carrying the promise and presence of God isn't convenient and seldom easy or comfortable, but it will be the most incredible adventure of your life if you yield to God's will done God's way. It's impossible to carry a baby without getting stretch marks, but oh, so worth the scars. I hope you're encouraged to be like Mary, willing to be inconvenienced so that you can carry within your heart the promise and the presence of God that through you, the world will see Emmanuel. God is with us.
1: It is just about that moment and kind of the, the fleshy things, if you will. And that's kind of what's missing in you know mainstream or secular music, whereas the Christian music, artists are vulnerable and they write a song. It's so much more about what's life-giving and breathing and just trying to give honor and glory to God. Good music, good conversation, good company. Faith Strong Today's Good Company with me, Holly Taylor. Weekdays at 5 p.m. right here on Joy.
0: Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O Podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world. Eminently quotable, Peggy Sue Wells is a tonic. This mom of seven, history buff and tropical island traveler, Peggy Sue Wells parasails, skydives, snorkels, scuba dives, and is taken... But not quite past her pilot training, so people do not get in a plane with her. But writing from the 100-acre wood in Indiana, Peggy Sue is the best-selling author of 29 books translated into eight languages, including *The Slave Across the Street*, *Slavery in the Land of the Free*, *Bonding with Your Child Through Boundaries*. Homeless for the Holidays, Been There, Done That, Chasing Sunrise, and her latest book, The Topic for Today's Conversation, The 10 Best Decisions a Single Mom Can Make. Peggy Sue, welcome to the Soul H. Joel radio and podcast show.
1: Sherry, I am so looking forward to spending time with you.
0: Yeah, well, it is mutual, girl. Um, I'm just wondering, have you always been such a daredevil, or is this adventurous, hard result of some sort of midlife crisis? <laughs>
1: Listen, anybody who's got seven kids clearly has got some sort of adventure in her blood. So, yeah, this has always been me. And uh, interestingly, that meant that whatever my kids wanted to do, we pursued that as well. And one of my daughters rodeos. And so you will find me hauling horses across the nation for her to run barrels.
0: Girl, we have so much in common. And, And honestly, I think that the most daunting thing that you mentioned in your bio is the mother of seven, not the parasailing or any of that stuff.
1: And, you know, luckily I had really good material to work with, so they make me look good.
0: Oh, That's good. Um, I know that passing on your love for Scripture is a very important thing for you, and could you maybe share now your Bible study tool and tip for the audience to help them rearing those unruly kids?
1: You know, the um, most important thing I felt as a parent was to introduce them to their Creator and also their Savior. Because I felt if I hadn't done that, you know, everything else didn't matter. Because this is all about eternity. Mm. And so as soon as possible, we were reading, you know, Bible stories. And then about the time the kids were five, we went through quickly three books at a time. But we memorized all the books of the Bible. And then when they could recite those, each child got their own Bible. And I showed them how to take notes. And basically, I wanted them to be familiar with this really sort of intimidating book. that's just pages and pages of, mm. you know, black type. And so it was really helpful. But the way to get started for our family, we called it family Bible time. Sometimes it was in the evening. Mostly it was in the evening before bed. But, you know, if your schedule's, you know, different, do it in the morning. It doesn't matter. Just do it. But invest seven minutes. Seven minutes is all it takes to read out loud a uh, chapter of the Bible and then pray. And we went from youngest to oldest in prayer and prayer is just talking out loud to God. And so that's what we did. And in order to really engage those young kids initially, we started with those adventure stories in the Bible, such as Esther, it has all the uh, elements that you have in a big feature film. Also Ruth Mm -hmm. and David's mighty men. And so we started with those stories and we went through the life of Jesus, which is fascinating. The kids love to hear that. So by reading one chapter a day and then praying afterwards, it takes seven minutes. And then on my website, uh, Peggysuwells.com, and also SingleMomCircle.com, you will find a downloadable free outline as to how to do family Bible time in case you just want some tips and you pick the ones you like and use it with your family and toss out the ones you don't want to do.
0: I so love this because I know for single moms you usually don't have a lot of time. So to say, mm-hmm. you just need 7 minutes. Like we can do that. It's not unrealistic to to say, "Hey, you can do this, moms." And so I think this is just an incredible way to pass on their faith to that next generation. I I love it and I Thank you that you offer, you know, so many great um, resources on your website for girls. So thank you. I um, wonder if you could just share your favorite Bible verse or one that's been inspiring you lately.
1: I would go back to Ephesians 3, 14 through 21, because that section I think speaks to for single moms and for their kids the place where we are almost the most vulnerable, we kind of a lot of times feel like we've been kind of tossed aside. We're not enough. Maybe we're not lovable. And yet this part says that, uh, that we would know, you know, this is a prayer for all of us, that we would know the depth, the height, the length, and the width of God's love for you. And that then we would be filled with the fullness of God. And so that is the one that I send to my kids. It's what I send to moms that are single and that are going through this because we're loved so much, it's not even measurable by our Savior.
0: Mm, that is so good to hear so comforting to to girls when they do feel that rejection maybe a lot of them maybe those that are you know have become a single mom through divorce we know that girls become a single mom for you know a variety of reasons and we are going to come back after the break and to hear your story how you became a single mom and how God has done this healing work in your life to, to help you to help others
1: I'm Peggy Sue Wells and my music pick for Soul H2O Radio is Crazy by Newsboys.
0: You turn the world on its head with your words crazy. I was born to be crazy. Revive our hearts with Nancy DeMoss Walgamuth is committed to calling women to freedom, fullness, and fruitfulness in Christ. As the author of over 20 books and leader of the True Woman Movement. Nancy has dedicated her life to introducing and guiding women through biblical womanhood. Revive our hearts with Nancy DeMoss Waldemuth weekdays at 11:30 a.m. right here on Joy, Hometown Christian Radio for the GTA. Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world. Well, we're back here with the daredevil herself, Peggy Sue Wells, author of the 10 best decisions a single mom can make a biblical guide for navigating family life on your own. Now, before we get into the help that you have for women parenting alone, Peggy Sue, can you just share some of your life battle scars with us and tell us how you became a single mom?
1: I actually grew up um, as the child of a single mom. My dad uh, chose out of that marriage when I was young, and mom um, had a couple of marriages. But you know, it just wasn't like there wasn't that cohesive family there. And so, when I grew up, the one thing that I was going to do was fall in love and get married and live happily ever after, and that was the plan. Mm-hmm. And after the um, after our seventh child was born, I had six daughters and one son, and when My last um, child was born before she was two. It had just, you know, been deteriorating for quite a while. We'd gotten to meet a lot of different counselors and whatnot. And it just got to the place where it was like, you know, we have to make a choice here. You either have to make some shifts or, you know, you got to find another place to live. And so um, that's when I became a single mom. And um it was, it was rugged. I have to say for both me and my children, I came into it. The baggage that I came into it with was, like, for my, with my dad leaving, it's like, well, gosh, if I would have been valuable enough, he would have stayed and made the effort to make this work. You know, he would have wanted to keep me in his life. And so then when my husband also chose out... You know, then I've got that double dosage of I'm just not enough. I'm Mm -hmm. not enough. And then I know my kids kind of feel that way, too. They're like, gosh, if I was valuable, he would have stuck around or he would be, you know, wanting to be in a relationship afterwards. And it's a really hard shift, I think, for single moms and their kids to realize this is not about us. You know, so many times it is just Mm -hmm. not about us, but it's about whatever that other person is going through and what choices they are going to make that have these mammoth impacts on those around them, which includes their family. I'm wondering, and probably others
0: listening might be wondering, but why you wrote a book on decision-making as it relates to single parenting. So did you always yes. find it easy making decisions once you were divorced, or was this information gleaned from a journey?
1: Oh, you know, here's the thing. First off, I didn't want to write the book, because so I'm like, I don't want to be that that the known as the single mom. But then I realized when people were like, wait, you've got 20 years experience as a single mom, you might know a few things. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is an experience. <laughs> Just a couple. This is not an I. <laughs> Yeah, but it's not an identity, you know, it's experience. And so I can like share what worked in my life. And the whole idea of, you know, how do we make this work? What happens is when the relationship splits, a lot of times there's a whole bunch of trauma leading up to it. And then there's the Oh, my goodness, this whole thing has fallen apart. Everything that I thought was going to happen in my life is not happening. And I don't know where to go next. Mm -hmm. And what we do is the front part of our brain, which is the thinking part, literally goes offline. And then we go to that part of our brain that is the fight, flight, or freeze, you know, that we do during trauma or during an emergency. And what happens with Mm -hmm. single moms and with their kids is for a lot of us, we never reengage. And here's why. Because there's oh my gosh, now we have to maybe move. Now we maybe have to get another job. Maybe we have to um, go through court sessions. Maybe we have to have you know back and forth every other weekend things or what have you. And so there's this constant trauma that is going on in the life of the mom and the children. And so for the, sometimes for the entire like 10, 20 years, we can be offline. And so you know a lot of times you'll watch kids from a single parent home or you'll watch the single mom doing things and you're like, what is she thinking? What are they thinking? Yeah, And the truth is they're not because the thinking part is still not engaged. They are literally just reacting. And so the part that I wanted to help these moms walk through is we have to make really good decisions at a time when we really most are unable to do it because we are in trauma. And so the book then will walk you through Let's take the next, let's just do the next right thing. Let's just do the next right thing. And then as we do that, and like you said, as you find good counselors and mentors that you can work with and you let people into your life that are healthy and wholesome, then we can start reengaging that thinking part of our brain. And then we can make smart decisions both for us and for our children and in the process of the smart decisions we break bad patterns and then our kids are prepared to make really better choices when they go into relationships than they would be if they hadn't gotten their brains back online. That
0: is like, I wish I could, well, I'm glad this is on radio. Now it's going to be in the podcast version. People can listen to it. They can re-listen to this because if you are a single mom, a single parent, and uh, you've, you've gone through the trauma of becoming a single parent, this is literally what happens to your brain, no matter how smart mm-hmm. you are, how capable you are. It, this was my experience. I feel like my brain was fried for, I don't know how long. Um, and it, because you are dealing with trauma and there's not just one trauma, like you said, it just keeps happening with court cases and things like this where you are in this state of trauma and your decision-making is very much affected. So what do you think is absolutely kind of the most difficult thing that single moms face in decision-making? Maybe the five R's from your book kind of explain that part.
1: Yes. Yeah. Here's the thing is what I found was it becomes the five R's. And this is the part where we stopped thinking so let let me give you an example one morning my my teenage daughter Hannah, gets up and she 's really grumpy around the house It's Saturday morning, just her and I are home and so I do the mom thing. I told a few jokes, I made her tea and made her pancakes, and she didn 't laugh at my jokes. She did not eat her pancakes. she made her cold just go her te- tea just go cold and so I am in that moment where i 'm feeling very rejected, and so in that rejection, I immediately made up a story in my head that said. I stink as a mom. She'd rather be anywhere else on Saturday morning than here stuck with me. And so then I'm in rejection. So I don't like feeling rejected. So then I go into resentment. I'm resenting the fact that I feel this way. And so then from there, I can move into resistance. Okay, fine, you're giving me the silent treatment, I'm gonna give you the silent treatment. And so then from there, then I go into what's called revenge. Well, I've been silent for a while, but you know what, I'm still hurting. So now I'm gonna say something so that she'll hurt too, so she'll know how I feel, such as, hey, when are you gonna clean that bedroom? hey are you caught up on your homework are you keeping your grades above that C level right you see those stilettos that would come out of my mouth and then that would have hurt that would have hurt her so then she would be you know like distant which would hurt me again and so then i would be like you know be something that would hurt her and so we go into this pattern of repeat because we are close in quarters we live together we have a family history together And so those are the five R's that destroy our relationships. It's rejection first, which is when someone does, says, doesn't do, don't says, don't say something that we think needs to happen. So we feel rejected. Then we go into resentment because we don't like feeling that way. Then resistance, which is a silent treatment we're all aware of. And then we go into revenge and then we go into repeat. And so the biggest decision that helped our family in this emotional upheaval was to say, I'm going to stick to the facts. And so the moment I feel mm. rejected, I need to stick to just the fact. So what I ended up doing with Hannah, because I was learning this about the time that I'm thinking, okay, I might just give her the silent treatment. I'm like, ah, eh, you know what? I'm, I know better. And so I said to her, I said, Hannah, the story I'm making up in my head right now is that I think as a mom and you'd rather be anywhere else on Saturday morning than here with me. And she kind of blinked, you know, like she was coming back to reality and she looked up at me and she's like, mom. I just found out the little boy that I babysit for has leukemia. Okay. Mm. So had nothing to do with me, but I had made yeah. up a wonderful fictional story in my head. And so what we have come to realize as a family is that I have to stick to the facts. So, and, and, because if I stick to the facts, then I don't go down that five R parade. So, for instance, mm-hmm. the other day, I was talking to the girls, and I'm like, "Hey, you know, I called so and so, and they haven't called me back. So, I don't know if they like want to, you know, come to this or they want to do it or whatever." And my daughter said, "What's the fact, mom?" And I'm like, "Oh, the facts is like <laughs> called, and nobody's called me back yet. So, what does that mean? I mean, I'll just call again, right? So, mm-hmm. as long as we go back to the facts every time, and then I'll tell you, there's some things where people do on purpose to be hurtful." And so mm-hmm. I again have to sit there and go, okay, what are the facts? The facts are this person made a choice. The facts are this is the choice they made. The facts are this hurt my, my heart. That's why I'm feeling this way. My emotions are showing me something has happened to my heart. And the facts are they can make those choices. And then I choose how I'm going to respond. And that has also been really helpful to not go down the five R's and not get all dramatic, even when someone is being purposely unkind so stick to the facts we'll keep you out of the drama save the drama for your mama but she probably doesn't want to hear it either so just stick (laughs) to the facts and you'll get a lot farther
0: Excellent advice. Peggy Sue, we could talk on for days. And um, we're going to give the listeners an opportunity to hear us connect. We're going to, you know, do a Facebook Live in the next while. So you're going to want to keep checking the website, checking on social media to find out how we're going to, you know, continue this conversation. I would love to just keep it going. But people are going to have to get your book. I know it's going to help single moms everywhere and to help parent and make you know great decisions even in the midst of trauma so Peggy Sue thank you for being here and sharing with us and and sharing such wisdom to help moms make the best
1: decisions that they can. And for those moms that are feeling alone, or for those who are like, I don't know any single moms, one in every four homes is single mom led. And 50% of all our children under the age of 18 will live in a single parent home sometime before they reach age 18. So this book really is gonna have an impact on those that you share it with.
0: Absolutely, and in the teaching segment, we talk about Mary, the mother of Jesus, who ended up a single mom, different circumstances. Mm -hmm but you know we are in good company and you girls you're gonna get through this peggy sue's got through it i've gotten through it you're gonna get through it and just thank you so much for being here peggy sue
1: thank you sherry appreciate the time with you
0: From all of us here at Joy Radio, we're so glad you were with us for episode 49 of the Soul H2O Radio and Podcast Show. Come back next week for part three in the Brave Christmas and Christian Women series as we talk about the brave senior citizen and the not-so-senior brave Cindy Desjardins Wilkins, a quadriplegic woman who shines with the light of Christ like a Rockefeller Christmas tree on any other year but 2020 join us next week as we discuss her brave journey praying you stay blessed and refreshed this holiday season we appreciate your support to help soul h2o ministries continue and want to thank all of you who partner with us in making this joy radio show a reality so people can come and get refreshed Thanks for listening to the Soul H20 podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world.